Hello and welcome in. We are back just a day later here. It is the night, actually the day after the 2021 NFL draft, the first round. It was an eventful night to say the least. I'm back here, Garrett Pave, joined alongside my good friend Connor Owens again here to break all of the first round mock draft. Actually break all of the first round down with you guys here on High Notes Nashville Sports. So glad to be back. You know, like I said, just one day later back, it was a crazy first night. Uh, a lot of it we saw coming. A lot of it we didn't. It was there's some winners, there's some losers all over the board, and we're excited back. Connor, what did you think of last night? What was the overarching theme of last night's draft, in your opinion? Uh, the draft being a normal draft, absolutely unpredictable. And there's so many guys that went top 15 that I was not expecting to go top 15. Yep. And like you said, winners, losers, some teams reached, some teams got their guy when they weren't expecting them to get their guy when they made their pick. So crazy, absolutely crazy. Yeah, it was. And I think we expected this to be a really interesting draft. I think we both knew the first two picks were pretty set in stone. And they joked last night on ESPN, the draft didn't start to the third pick. I think that was when the draft actually started. And this class is so deep. I mean, there are some guys, and we'll get into this later, that are on the board still today in the second day with second and third round that are going to be really fantastic NFL players. That speaks highly of this class and the talent that's there. So we're going to get into it. Uh, one and two, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. I mean, I I think you and I both knew it was coming. Uh, both had that in our mock draft. And I think two quarterbacks who are looking to become the future of these two franchises, the Jaguars and the Jets. It's, it's unbelievable how many quarterbacks these two organizations have gone through just in the past 10 years, just trying to find their guy. And you get the feeling that maybe these are the guys. There's a lot of hype around both Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. So let me ask you this. And I, I think I know this answer, but I'm just going to ask you it anyway, which five years from now or 10 years from now, when you and I are sitting here talking, which quarterback will be talking about having the better career of these two? Zach Wilson. Um, Interesting. Zach Wilson. I think – don't get me wrong. Trevor Lawrence is good. He yep, is really good. But the, 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 the conference and the division he is in yep. is probably going to rip him to shreds. Um, especially we'll, – again, we'll talk about this guy later – he is going to have to be protected from Quiddy Pay. Yep. In Indianapolis. Yep. That he, I don't think he's going to be good. I don't think he'll, I think Zach Wilson will be probably better because I think he's in a situation that uh, fits him the best. Yep. Um, it's, it's kind of similar, similar to BYU in a way. Um, not as talked about. And I think that'll be perfect for him. Um, yeah. It'll be it'll be interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, it's you know it's an interesting point. I, I think both of these young quarterbacks have all the upside in the world. Uh, Zach Wilson really just exploded this year out of nowhere and became the number two quarterback in most people's eyes in the draft board. It was my number two. Um, I think there was no one other quarterback I saw being above him besides Trevor Lawrence. So those two guys set in stone. Here's where it gets interesting. So third overall pick, I had Mac Jones. Remind me who you had. Trey Lance. Trey Lance. So you had Trey Lance. I had Mac Jones. So the 49ers went with Trey Lance. That's their guy. Kyle Shanahan wanted Trey Lance. He got him. He traded up a few weeks ago. They knew who they wanted. 
and they've got their guy now. And of course, Trey Lance has been really at the center of this debate of, is he ready for the NFL? Has he played enough? Blah, blah, blah. I think you and I both quickly agree. He is going to be a great NFL player. That does not matter. That whole argument of he hasn't played enough does not matter. And I said this yesterday. I didn't love the idea of Mac Jones going there. I thought it was going to happen. I didn't love the idea. I think this fits better for what they want to do. San Francisco runs a very West Coast offense. They want to spread the ball out, use speed. Mac Jones is not that, whereas Trey Lance is very much that style. So what do you, I guess, what would you grade? What would you give this pick from 1 to 10 from what the 49ers did? 10, easy. Um, I think – like I mentioned yesterday, I think I mentioned this yesterday. Take Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence out of the equation. Trey Lance is the best quarterback in this draft. Agreed. And for the argument that he hasn't played enough, I just looked up his record. He is 17 and 0 at North Dakota State. Yeah. 2,786 yards and 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's the clicker. That's the big thing. He takes care of the ball. He. And this is my thing. With Trey Lance being their quarterback, you know he is their franchise quarterback. Going forward. Easy. So, Jimmy G is going somewhere. Yep. I I do not think – because now I think they have four quarterbacks on their roster right now. Usually a team only has three. Two on the main roster and a practice squad. So, someone is going to be moved. And – I don't know. This might be a hot take. There's been rumor Aaron Rodgers is going somewhere. Yep. Aaron Aaron Rodgers, San Francisco, Jimmy G goes to Green Bay. I mean, that'd be you – know. I think that'd be one of the scenarios, too, where all that does is benefit Trey Lance to, to groom under a guy like Aaron Rodgers. And I think, you know, the 49ers have that luxury right now. Kyle Shanahan's doing something fantastic there. And a good third overall pick. Moving on to fourth. Uh, again, I think the pick you and I – expected here uh the falcons taking kyle pitts at four again i think kyle pitts is many had him as a top two player in the drive, which i could not agree more with i think he is a fantastic player actually Kerr herb street said if he had to pick one player from this class that was going to be a lot for the hall of fame in 20 plus years kyle pitts is the guy and i i think that's a good i agree with that i do i think he just is that kind of player he's i mean just fantastic and the falcons got a weapon they needed of course they went back and forth on they want a quarterback to groom under Matt Ryan, or do you want, you know, a receiver, a tight end to come in and help with the weaponry? And Kyle Pitts is going to make an immediate impact. You look at that receiving core now, and, of course, Julio Jones up in the air, but Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and now Kyle Pitts. That's a dangerous core of receivers who can make a really big impact. I think it was a good move from the Falcons. What do you think? 100%. I think everybody saw that coming. Um Kyle, I, I agree with everybody. I think Kyle Pitts, if this if this draft was not so loaded with quarterbacks, Kyle Pitts would have gone number one overall. Agreed. Agreed. 100%. Yep. Kyle Pitts was a force to reckon with in the SEC. He was a force to reckon with in college football. And, I, and you made the point yesterday, he has not had the best quarterbacks. No. But look what he's – still, look what he's done. He is absolutely dominated, and I think Atlanta got the best player in this draft. Everybody saw it coming. They were talks that Atlanta was trying to trade – or not trying to trade. Teams were trying to trade with Atlanta, and they were not budging because they wanted Kyle Pitts. Now they got their uh, man probably for 
10, 15 years. Yep. And so now, you know, we're talking about a great pick in Kyle Pitts. Now we're going to move on to a pick that if you're a Bengals fan, you're not loving. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals took Jamar Chase at five. And I expect them to take Chase. I had hit them taking Chase at five because he's the best receiver in the class, in my opinion. But it, even though they got the number one receiver in this class, Bengals fans aren't happy. And it's solely because Joe Burrow next season will continue to get hit like no other. Uh, they need an offensive lineman. They needed a Panay Sewell over Sean Slater, but they didn't go that direction. They went with a weapon who Joe Burrow's going to have trouble throwing to because he's going to be on his back the entire season again. Um, I think you – did you have them take – you had them take an offensive lineman, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I had them take him with Sean Slater. Which would be the optimal move, which would be – the would make the most sense. Um, I, I don't – again, I understand why they did it. They wanted – they felt that Jamar Chase was the best player in the draft at that position. They took him. They wanted to reunite him and Joe Burrow. I get it. But they actually got an F – on Bleacher Report last night for one of the worst picks in the draft because they're not going to protect Joe Burrow. And it's, again, it's an interesting debate of do you take the best player on the board or not? They felt that Jamar Chase is the best player. So we'll say that pans out. You haven't taken off the lineman. What do you think about that selection of Jamar Chase? It's a good pick. It's not a great pick because it's not a team need right now. I think what I saw on in a, on a ABC last night was that um, Joe Burrow was hit 76 times in his rookie season, including the torn ACL. It's unbelievable. He, I think he tore his ACL against Washington. How yeah, do you yeah. tear your ACL against that defensive line? It. And don't 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 get me wrong. Later in the year, Washington continued to improve, but at the point yep. where Joe Burrow tore his ACL, they were terrible. Yep. You need a defensive line or offensive line, and the fact that they didn't get it, same old Cincinnati. They don't care what their fans think. They do what they want to do, and they want to play the. They want to go the best friend route, so they went the best friend route. And, and that's Lamar. the, and that's the problem. You know is. I talked about this with somebody recently is as a coach, as a GM, as an owner, when you're making a draft selection, as tempting as it is, you can't pick a player based on the friendship between them and another guy on the team. You might like it. It might seem flashy. It might seem cool, but you've got to pick the guy that's going to help your franchise the most. And I agree with you. Jamar Chase is not going to help your franchise the most this year. He's not. He in five years, might be a good, might be a great player, and you know it, it's got to take him time. But right now, he is not going to win you football games. He's not now drafting an offensive tackle to keep Joe Burrow upright is going to win you football games. Jamar Chase is not going to win you a football game. So again, I, I guess I understand what they're doing, but that pick I think was again they needed something else, and this receiving yeah. class is so deep that. They could have picked Panay Sewell or Sean Slater at five and then gotten an Elijah Moore in the second round, who is going to be, I mean, a fantastic player in the league. So, an interesting place to the least. Going on to six, another receiver taken off the board. A surprise to many, Jalen Waddell, 
Uh, the second receiver taken off the board, the Miami Dolphins took Waddle out of Alabama. I thought he was a better receiver than Devontae Smith, and it showed in this draft. They took him at six. Um, but I haven't taken Devontae Smith in my mock draft, so I was off. But an interesting pick, I think a good pick for Miami. What do you see in Jalen Waddle that you like that fits well with this Miami offense? I don't know. I, th- I think it's a great pick. Um, but still, it's the buddy-buddy yep. parent. You got two and now Jalen Waddle. I wish – like, you could have gotten – let me see who – what other receiver went. You could have gotten a Kadarius Tony. You could have gotten somebody different. But I understand why they did it. Um, they need a target. And like you said, Jalen Waddle, best receiver in the draft. And that that was one that let's see who did it? I had them getting um I had them going defense. I had them getting uh no, excuse me, right. no, I didn't. I didn't I I had them getting uh Jamar Chase. That's right. So, yeah, that's right. Uh I had them going receiver. I did not expect them to go Jalen Waddle. A lot of people expected Devontae Smith to go off the board before Jalen yeah. Waddle. But, I mean, th- those two dudes, they were injured last year, weren't they? Yeah, Waddle, that, that's the concern with Waddle is the injury bug. I mean, he had that nasty injury against Tennessee, and uh, he's never been fully healthy in his career. Um, so, I think, of course, that's something to take into account. I, I don't think Miami cares about that. I think Miami knows his potential, and they feel comfortable that he's going to be able to perform right away without dealing with the injuries. But I, I think they're going to need him as a Swiss Army knife. Uh, you can play in special teams. You can play well in the offense. You can move him around the field, do a lot of stuff with John Waddle. So I think he's a good pick. I agree with you. I think it's, you know, it's all about who's up on the board. I think that was kind of their guy. So going to seven now, and one of my favorite picks of the draft was the Detroit Lions taking Panay Sewell from Oregon. Uh, I think Sewell was actually ranked as the third overall prospect in this year's draft. Dropped seven and a fantastic get for Dan Campbell and this Lions team, who was really trying to establish their identity as kind of that ground and pound. The Titans are very much that way. They let smash mouth football. They want to hit you up the middle, and that's what Dan Campbell wants to do. He is going to build that, and Panay Sewell is a fantastic building block for this Lions offensive line. And you look at now, of course, the Lions brought in Jared Goff this offseason. You got DeAndre Swift, a young running back, a team that is really trying to kind of find their identity. And what does Panay Sewell bring to this Lions team they've been lacking just, I mean, the past few years when they've just been really abysmal on offense. Physicality, explosiveness, strength, pretty much everything. Um, <laughs> they got everything that they've been looking for on Panay Sewell. Um, I had him as the second best offensive tackle in this draft. Yep. Apparently he's the first best. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Detroit – it's not going to happen. It's, they're not going to be an overnight sensation. Like They're not going to change right away. It's going to take some time. But I think with Jared Goff, Panay Sewell, um, and the guys that they're bringing in, and they still, again, they obviously they still have more picks and they're still amazing players on the board. Yep. This can, this can be a shift for Detroit in the right direction. Yep. I think you're starting to see that now. I think Dan Campbell – his introductory press conference, you kind of saw the fire, the energy he had with that organization. So going on now, I go from my favorite pick to one of my least favorite picks. That's JC Horn at eight to the Panthers. And 
Look, I think J.C. Horn's a good cornerback. I do. I think he is a solid player, um, but I don't think he's the cornerback one in this class. Um, and furthermore, I don't know if there's any cornerback in this class that deserve to go top 10 besides maybe certain at 10. I think this was a reach. I don't think it solved the big issue they need. I think the biggest thing they needed was an offensive lineman. Uh, they bring in a young quarterback in Sam Darnold. I feel like, you know, the offensive line is one of the worst in the NFL. I feel like you want to build off that Rashawn Slater still on the board. I thought they go offensive lineman, but they saw something else. Um, so JC Horn from South Carolina is going to stay in that region and play for the Panthers. What did you, I'm sure you were shocked. I, I was shocked when they called his name. What did you think when they picked JC Horn? Um, it is a need for them. Mm. I don't think it's a need that you need to address first round. Agreed. Um, J.C. Horn is a guy I had going 29 overall. He went eight. He is not a top 10 pick. No, no way. He's good. Don't get me wrong. I said this yesterday. He is good. But he's, there's so many guys they could have gotten that, I mean, I had him go. I think I had him going Justin Fields here. Gotcha. Because um, Sam Darnold's backup is Will Greer. Yeah. What has Will Greer done since he's been in the NFL? Nothing. But nothing at all. If, if Darnold goes down, that's who they're relying on. Yeah. And you need a guy – and now that I think about it, I think putting the mentor cap on Sam Darnold, who's only been in the league three years, three or four years, and having him mentor a rookie, that probably wouldn't have been the best idea now that I yeah. think about it. Um, but still, if you need a corner, I yeah. mean, good grief. Yeah, Micah Parsons, Patrick Sertain. Zayvon Collins, so many guys that are so much better yep. than J.C. Horn. And that was my point. It's like nothing against J.C. Horn. He's a great player, and we've seen good flash yeah. of him. But there are, there are so, in my opinion, so many better options. And, again, why not go Patrick Sertain, who I think is the clear-cut best quarterback in this class? He's still on the board at that point. But I agree. I, I don't think taking a cornerback in the first round of this year – was the thing that, uh, you know, Carolina needed. And we'll talk about this guy later, but you look at Asante Samuel, he's still on the board. Uh, he's a first-round talent. Now, he's hidden behind a fairly deep class, but Asante Samuel is a fringe first-round talent that probably would have dropped to Carolina at 39 or 40 in the second round. So you could yeah. have gotten a strong, you know, first-round talent cornerback in the second round while addressing one of your bigger issues in the first round. And, and this was really the story of this first round, in my opinion, is, and you saw it too, I'm sure, a lot of teams, I felt, didn't address needs they needed the most. They got guys that they needed to fill a hole, but it wasn't the biggest one they needed to fill. So I, I don't know, and again, I'm not a general manager. I'm not a coach. I, I don't know what you're looking at, but I did think the J.C. Horn was interesting. and then. At number nine, actually, the next pick, the Broncos, took Patrick Sertain. So I think they took advantage of 
the Panthers not taking Sertain. I, I heard that that was a Broncos guy. And I want to ask you this. So you before the draft started, you sent me an article, a tweet from a guy, a source that had mentioned Aaron Rodgers' link to the Broncos as a potential trade option. So it was rumored the Broncos would take a quarterback, right? That that was kind of what they were thinking. They're going to move up from Drew Locke. They brought in Teddy Bridgewater, but it wasn't one of those situations where it was, you know, set in stone. So they didn't go quarterback. So does that change things? Does that make you feel like, oh, maybe Aaron Rodgers is making a legitimate move to the Broncos this year? Uh, or is it all I was speculation? watching – I had two shows on uh, covering the draft. I had the draft on my TV, and I had um, a guy you've probably heard of named Pat McAfee. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he has a show, oh, and I was yeah. watching his. I was watching his uh, draft spectacular last night, and he had a guy on there named AJ Hawk. Uh, I think AJ played for the Packers. Um, so AJ said, if the Packers were to trade A.J. Hawk. He heard from unnamed sources that he said pretty reliable, really close to him. He said if a- if Aaron Rodgers were to get traded, the best possible landing spot was Denver. Interesting. I, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Um, it'd be amazing for Teddy Bridgewater, same, same, same scenario for Zach Wilson. If 49ers get uh, Aaron Rodgers, Zach Wilson has a, uh, without a doubt, Hall of Famer being his mentor. Yep. And same for Teddy Bridgewater. I don't, I don't think Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver. Um, I just don't think he'd be a good fit because if you go to Denver, you do not have targets that are ready to win you a Super Bowl right away. No, no way. But in the same same scenario, neither does San Francisco. Pretty much, no. I think all all San Francisco has is George Kittle. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, and they go back and forth from Jordan Matthews all the time, former Vanderbilt wide receiver. Yeah. Um, I I don't know what Denver's thinking. I think this Patrick Sertain pick was phenomenal. I agree. You, you you need to spice up that defense, and I think he's yeah. the guy to do it. I mean, yeah, and Sertain fits that defense well. I mean, look, the Broncos have always wanted to play fast and physical. That is kind of Patrick Sertain's MO. Uh, he is a very hands on defender, which is exactly what they need. He's very different than, and we talked about this yesterday, he's very different than JC Horn in the sense that JC Horn is a fast, not very physical ball hawk kind of player, whereas Patrick Sertain wants to get off in your face and kind of, you know, make life difficult, which is going to work well. Um, for that Broncos defense that is aging. I mean, they're getting older. And this is a defense that a few years ago was number one in the NFL, was just crushing records. Von Miller was just an absolute freak. And they're getting older. And so you're right. They need something to spice this defense up. And I think Sertain is the perfect option for that. So running at top 10, number 10, the uh, Dallas Cowboys swapped with the Eagles. The Eagles moved up just two spots and picked Devontae Smith from Alabama. So I think they had that. They had that guy locked in. Uh, they were worried that a potential, you know, the Dallas, the Dallas might take him. Maybe Chicago would take him. Um, but they did, in fact, trade up. They took Devontae Smith. They got their guy, and they improved the receiving class. So, 
what do you think about the Devonte Smith pick? Was it was it good? Was it maybe is it was it was it worth trading up a couple spots for Devonte Smith? I don't think this was a Philly. Um, I don't think this was a move Philly made. I think Dallas wanted to get out of this pick for one reason. Hmm. Dallas wanted Patrick Sertain. Yeah. 100%. I agree with that. It's pretty much a step down because you look, they almost got Patrick Sertain, but they get Micah Parsons. Yep. The biggest, probably, this is probably the biggest bust in this year's draft. Yep. I would agree with you. I agree. I wouldn't be I wouldn't have been surprised if Micah went early to mid second round. Yeah. I don't oh, think oh, he's and, a and and the problem is really and we'll get into this more. The problem is is Micah Parsons is not a position that Dallas needed to address. No. I mean, Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch are two very young, capable linebackers, top tier in the league. I mean, these are yeah. two guys that are not going anywhere anytime soon. So I'm not sure if they're expecting to use Parsons in more of a flex position or more lineup as a safety, like a Landon Collins. I don't know what they're going to do with them, but it makes sense. None of it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and it's a good pick. They got the second best receiver in the draft. Um, yep. Talking about Philly. Um, Philly, they are one of the few teams that you have no idea what they're doing. They trade Carson Wentz to the Colts. Everybody's thinking, oh, we traded Carson Wentz. Jalen Hurts is our starting quarterback. Then their head coach came out and said that there will be a quarterback competition between Jalen Hurts and Joe Flacco. So you don't know what's going on with the quarterback position. Your wide receivers sucked. They couldn't stay healthy. You're you're fresh. You're like, what, four years off of a Super Bowl championship. And you're going downhill way too fast. You need to do something, I think, Devontae Smith, Again, the health bug is going to be a little bit of a scare for them. But if he can stay healthy, this is probably one of the biggest steals in the first round. I agree. I mean, uh, Devontae Smith, why they thought of as a top, you know, a high top 10 pick, a potential top six pick, of course, dropping to 10. So moving on. And this, I I called this one. I, I didn't know where it was going to happen, but I had a sixth sense of this pick. The Chicago Bears traded from 20 to 11. They flopped with the New York Giants, and they took quarterback Justin Fields with the 11th pick. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how much I like Justin Fields, but I'll tell you right now, I love this pick. And I love this pick for Chicago because you want to talk about a quarterback dumpster fire. Chicago is that. I mean, you and I talked about it yesterday with Nick Foles, and Andy Dalton. It, it can't get much worse than that duo. And Chicago, just they need all the help they can get. And I don't care what you say. No lineman, no receiver, no running back. Nothing is going to help Andy Dalton win football games. He, he is what he is, right? He is a game manager at the very best. So I like the aggressiveness. Chicago understands that they can't keep going through quarterbacks like this. Next year's class is not strong. This is the strongest class. They had a window for opening. They knew New York was not going to take a quarterback. They traded up. They got Justin Fields. I think it's a great move. I think it's a great move for Chicago. Again, I'm not sure how much I love Justin Fields, but that being said, I, I think he fits the Chicago lifestyle. It's not too far from home from him. I think Matt Nagy and them got us got a good pick out of this one. 
my question with that is, and this was one of the few many times I should say that my jaw was on the floor. I was not expecting this. I know, I knew you had it coming mm-hmm. in your mock, not at the right spot, I should say, but, um, <laughs> so that's why I counted it wrong. Um, oh man. <laughs> but, um, and you, I think you had it in a trade. I did. I had it in a trade. I know. I was like two spots off or something. I was so upset. Yep. Um, but my question for this is, mm. which quarterback's going out the door? Is it going to be Andy Dalton leaving, or is it going to be Nick Foles? Yeah, you that's a million-dollar super- question. You have a Super Bowl-winning quarterback as a backup, and you have Tony the Tiger, who has done nothing in his career. Yep. What is going on? Yeah, where somebody, do you go? Somebody has to leave. That's the question. It's a quarterback competition. I mean, look, either one of these guys, if you release one of them, they're going to get picked up by somebody else as a backup. I mean, they're they're seasoned veterans. If, if it were me, I know they have Andy Dalton as their quarterback one, but I don't that's, know. That's not a good quarterback. Move. I mean, no, I, I would have a little more faith in Nick Foles. I think Nick Foles has that Super Bowl playoff experience. Um, he's not a great quarterback by any means. He's fine, but his experience in the playoffs past the regular season gives me more hope that he would be able to kind of groom Justin Fields to be a better quarterback. And I, I just don't, I mean, Andy Dalton's just never, he's never shown me anything for why he should be the starter over Nick Foles. I mean, he wasn't good in Cincinnati. He was awful in Dallas. Now, granted, that was a dumpster fire situation too, but I've seen nothing from him that's proven why he should be the quarterback one. And so I think, I think he'd make falls. I think he'd make falls and he'd groom Justin Fields because I mean, let's be honest here. We know this, the success of Justin Fields rides on how the bears handle this situation, because this is a very, this is a situation where Chicago could easily screw this up once again. So they don't have any other chances. Like this is one of their final chances to get this thing right. They miss with Trubisky. They miss bad with Trubisky. So you got your guy, and I'll put in air quotes, your guy. What do you do with him? So I, I think we'll see what they end up doing with the quarterback room, but, you know, trading up and they got the guy they wanted. And let's go to – actually, no, you go on point. Yeah. Uh, NFL analyst Ian Rappaport just tweeted, saying the Bears now have Justin Fields as their future starter with Andy Dalton as QB1. Until Fields is ready, what about Nick Foles? Contract-wise, it will be extremely difficult to move him. He is owed four million this year and five million next year. I mean, like, what are the, what's Chicago doing? Why are you? Pay? I mean, that's the problem too. Is now you got a guy who's being overpaid. He can't get rid of. Like, no one's taking that contract from any. Like, no one's. Why taking would you a put five, your organization in that situation? That's why. That's my point. No one's taking a five million dollar contract from Chicago for Nick Foles. You're just not doing it. That's not happening. I mean, they put themselves in a hole that they can't get out of right now. That's the problem. I mean, look, this Chicago organization is a mess. It's a mess. Uh, It has been a mess, and it will continue to be a mess until they can find a consistent quarterback because they're not winning. Their decision-making is terrible. This is the first draft I've seen them actually do something good. So – I mean, 
and, and you know what? I want to move on to 12 real quick. Speaking of dumpster fires, speaking of disasters, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, they are a mess. They are a disaster that the pick of Micah Parsons made no sense to me. Uh, it's not a position they needed. It's a guy that, again, I think has a lot of potential to be a very talented player. Uh, the off-field issues are a big concern. And I just, again, I'm going to say it again. I don't think it's a position they needed to address in the first or second round. They have way too much talent at the linebacker position to go out there and take a guy like Michael Parsons who has a big risk. It is a huge risk with not a ton of reward. So this might be one of the worst. This might be a top three. Actually, it is a top three worst pick in this first round. I won't say it's the worst. We'll get you and I both know what I the would. worst pick was. Real? Oh, really? I would. I'd say it's the second worst. I have a worse pick on here, and I, we'll get into it. I have a worse pick. I think this is the second worst pick in the draft for so far. Depends on what your worst pick is. Yeah, I think this is the. I don't think. Good grief! I don't really know. Yeah, I would say Michael Parsons is the worst pick. Yeah, it, it's. Um, because I I mean, was he I know he was okay. He was good at Penn State. Yep. But you said it perfectly. He's going into a dumpster fire. He's going into a franchise that cannot keep their players healthy. He's going into a situation where, oh yeah, they just uh re-signed their franchise quarterback. And I put franchise in quote air quotes. Um they have a running back who is not who he used to be. No, they have an. They have an. I wouldn't well, even call you've got, him okay. You've got an incompetent owner who thinks yeah. he can thinks he can run the team, but he can't. Um, I could sit here and bash Jerry Jones all day. That guy. You have a crappy head coach who's done squat since he's gotten there. Yep. Yep. And he's on what a five year contract. Overpaid. Overpaid. Way too long. And. But here's the thing. That dude should have stayed at his ranch and stayed retired. 100%. He, he, he failed in Green Bay towards the end of his career. He's, he's already failed in Dallas. I don't care what you say. He's already failed there. I mean, it's – and this draft was kind of the peak of the misery that Dallas Cowboy fans are feeling They should this have year. never – I know he was bad that one year, but they should, they should not have gotten rid of Jason Garrett. No, he would have done better than McCarthy. Oh, 100%. Not he he wouldn't have been close. he wouldn't have been great, but neither no. is McCarthy, but he would have been like you said better. But you're you're telling me this is my other problem with Dallas. You're telling me you can't get a star coach to come in and coach for the Dallas Cowboys. They have one of the nicest stadiums in all of America. They have some of the most money of any teams. The, the city location is perfect. The fans live and breathe Dallas Cowboys football. Like you're telling me you can't get a decent head coach to come in and pick up the reins of this team. It it does not make any sense. Like I, but you know what it is? It's I, Jerry Jones. I don't think, it's Jerry Jones. Yeah, I don't think it's the Cowboys are not good at getting those star coaches. I think it's they don't want those star coaches. That's what developed players well. I feel like. Yeah. If we're, being, if we're being honest for a second. I mean. Heck, if they get rid of Mike McCarthy, they, their first option might be a high school offensive coordinator. You never probably, know. Probably, 
He'd probably be better than McCarthy would. I mean, true. Especially with the high schools that they have there in Texas. Good <laughs> grief. Um, do I think Micah could end up being a good player? Yes. Just not with the Cowboys. I, I think the risk is greater than the reward. I think the reward is – I think his. I think his ceiling is way lower than his floor is. I really do. And so I think because of that reason, you know, we bash him. So we'll move on. We could we could bash the Cowboys all day. Believe me, as cool. a Washington football team fan, I could bash the Cowboys all day. Uh, but 13th pick, again, I think one of the best picks in the draft again, an absolute steal, uh, Rashawn Slater to the Chargers. And like I said, this is one of my favorite picks of the entire draft. Rashawn Slater is a fantastic offensive tackle from Northwestern. This is something the Bengals need to take note of. The Chargers drafted their rookie quarterback of the future, Justin Herbert, a fantastic quarterback. What did they do? They went out and drafted a guy to protect him. So now Herbert's not going to be on the grass every play, whereas Burrow is. So give credit to the Chargers. This is a – okay, I'll say this too. We just went from talking about – one of the worst-run organizations in the NFL to maybe the best-run organization in the NFL right now. The Chargers are trending upwards. And we talked about yesterday, they are going to be a playoff team this next year. They are going upwards 100%. on a very high trajectory. Give them four or five years, they'll be talking about competing potentially in the Super Bowl. This is a team that was building their roster well. And the Rashawn Slater pick, I know you're super high on Slater. Rashawn Slater, this is a steal. And this team is going to be that much better because of this pick this year. 100%. Um, it just, like you mentioned, it goes to show how crappy the Bengals are at drafting. I mean, yeah, yep. we have our franchise quarterback. Oh, what do we do? Oh, let's go get a – let's go get his best friend, his college roommate. Let's yep. don't give him somebody that's going to save his other ACL. Yep. I mean, you never know what's going to happen with Joe Burrow. You never know what's going to happen with Cincinnati. 99% of the time, what happens in Cincinnati is flat-out terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, all their sports are terrible. Good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this Rashawn – I had Rashawn Slater going five. He went 13. Um, probably – I think he deserved to go top ten, mm-hmm. um, especially to Cincinnati. Um I think there's team there are teams that need to spice up their offensive line, and I think Rashawn Slater is the perfect guy to get it done. What has me worried about Rashawn Slater when it comes to him going to the, the Chargers mm-hmm. is almost half the time that a highly sought after prospect who goes to a team in Los Angeles they let the Los Angeles lifestyle get the best of them. They let the yep. money get the best of them. And they flat out suck. Yeah. Do I expect that to happen with Rashawn Slater? No. Could it happen? Of course. Yeah. But I, I I agree with you. I think this is a steal. But um, we'll just see. And like I said, uh, almost half the time, nothing good ever comes out of people that go to uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's all about how he controls himself. And, you know, I think Rashawn Slater is a good kid. Uh, I heard yeah. him talk in his interview. He is a very humble player. Um, so I'll be rooting for him. Uh, I hope he does well. I think, you know, the Chargers got a big guy out of him. Uh, moving on now. And 
kind of following the same recipe as Los Angeles. Uh, the New York Jets traded up to the 14th pick. So they have two picks in the first round. And they took Elijah Vera Tucker from USC, the offensive lineman, to protect their young quarterback, Zach Wilson. I thought a, another great pick. I did. I, I think this is a move that need to be made. Um, listen, the Jets' offensive line has been one of their worst points. Maybe it hasn't been as bad as the quarterbacks, but it's been, I think, right behind that. Um, and they addressed a big need. It's, again, the point of they could have gone out and gotten a weapon for Zach Wilson, but they decide to, hey, Let's get someone to protect him because we know that's what you have to do. And so I think a great pick, uh, Vera Tucker was my third best offensive lineman on the board here. So a fantastic pick, a guy they needed. I think he's going to fit the New York lifestyle well. He's from USC, you know, so I think the Jets got a good pick out of this guy. This pick made me so excited because I had him going to – I had him going 14 Mm. on my mock. And I think the Vikings could have used them, but now the Jets, obviously, they want him. Yep. So they have their franchise quarterback in Zach Wilson. Like you mentioned, now they have a guy that can protect him. He is a guard. I, I could see them moving him to a tackle position. Agreed. Where he's on the outside. Because I think he has the strength and the flexibility and the quickness to keep his quarterback on his feet. Um, he could do, he could do well at a guard. They just need fantastic tackles. I don't know who they're. I don't know who in the world their tackles are, but you have Elijah Vera Tucker. I I wouldn't be surprised if they want to split him half half his reps at guard, half his reps at tackle. I think yep. you can do anything with this kid. Agreed. Uh, he's just a very versatile guy. I think that's what they needed. That's what they wanted. Especially with a guy like Zach Wilson who's going to get out of the pocket and run. You know, get a guy who is very mobile. Um, and you know. Fair Tucker provides that. So, 15, I don't, I'm not going to say much about this pick, um, besides the fact that I love it. Um, I think New England got incredibly lucky. Uh, they picked Mac Jones at 15. I think it is a just a crazy feat that Mac Jones was not taken before that 15 spot. I, I think, look, I'm not high on Mac Jones, but I will say this. If there's one spot I think he will have a chance of succeeding in, it is New England. And I think they've done, you know, this was the guy they wanted. Uh, I think that we knew all along that it was between Trey Lance or Mac Jones to the Patriots. And when Trey Lance was gone, I think New England had their sights set. And it's a gutsy move to stay at 15, hoping that your quarterback's going to fall to you, but it paid off. They gave up nothing, and they got the guy they wanted. And I think Mac Jones is going to compete for the starting spot. I think Cam Newton is digressed just so much. I think he is not the same Cam Newton that we saw a few years ago in Carolina. So Mac Jones will have a chance to start week one. Will he? I'm not sure, but I think this is a home run hit for New England. I mean, a quarterback. And the fact they didn't have to trade up is what makes it a home run hit for me. I'm excited to see the smack talk week that we get in that quarterback room. I mean, Cam Newton, I Auburn know. quarterback, Auburn, Mac yep. Jones, Alabama. <laughs> I mean, good grief. There's going to be some serious betting going on when the Iron Bowl comes around. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, I had a, I had Mac Jones going 15. So, back-to-back picks, I got correct. Shocker. Um, you had Mac Jones going three. Yep. As the third-best quarterback in the draft. 
I don't think he's the third best quarterback in the draft. Oh, I don't think he is either. I thought the fit was there with San Francisco, but I didn't think he was yeah, third. I, I, I thought he was honestly from being a this, I thought he was the fifth best quarterback. I just thought San Francisco was leaning that way, but I think New England makes more sense. It, it, New England, now that the draft is over and you're kind of seeing what everybody's filling in, New England needed a guy. Listen, I mean, it's no secret that Mac Jones is a very similar body type and fit to Tom Brady. It's no secret. They're very similar. So, you know, it, it makes sense there, and we'll see what happens. I don't know. You look at – I mean, Mac Jones is set. I mean, you look at his targets he has now. Yep. Hunter Henry, yep. Kendrick Bourne, their defensive line is stacked. And don't sleep on Nikhil Harry, the receiver from Arizona State. He's still – he's been hurt the past two years. If he's healthy, he's going to be a threat. He's a huge yeah. receiver on the outside who can make plays everywhere. I mean, yeah, they have uh... – I'm just going back to look at the guys they, that they got in free agency. I mean, yeah. good grief. Matt Judon, Kyle Van Noy, Hunter Henry. John, John U. Smith. John U. Smith. Ugh, bless his heart. Um, re-signed Cam Newton. Don't think that was a good uh, good pick. They got Nick Folk, an amazing kicker. Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar. Now that, that is going to be interesting. And don't be shocked or, if they go receiver – in day two, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Belichick made a move at a receiver potentially today or tomorrow. I, I think that is still a spot they want to address to get a young guy to again develop more into that system. Uh, but you're right. I, I think Mac Jones is coming into a fantastic situation, a fantastic organization with a great head coach. So a good pick there. Uh, I think it makes sense. You know, the fact that he was there was huge. So now at the, actually the middle pick of this draft, 16 uh, Cardinals. This is one I'm not going to talk about too much because I think it's a, a good pick. I think they address the need. They pick Zayvon, uh, the Cardinals pick Zayvon Collins from Tulsa, the linebacker. Um, I didn't think he was the best linebacker in the class. I, I didn't think it was the best guy there, but I get it. And, you know, sometimes it's not about drafting the best player of that position. It's about taking the guy that best fits your team, which is why I think this is a great pick for Arizona. Um, again, he's not the flashy linebacker, but he's got a great skill set. He fits that defensive scheme well, and he's gonna. He's. I think he's a good pick. I think it was a great first round pick, and it's gonna pan out well for the Cardinals. Let's see. Where did I? I had Zayvon Collins going twenty eight. You, I didn't have him in the first round. Yeah, you didn't have him in the first round. No. What in the world were you thinking? Um, oh yeah. <laughs> like I mean, I could have seen him going to the Titans, but I mean, with this pick. You would think the Cardinals were dangerous to begin with. Yep. Now they get Zayvon Collins. So their two corners are Zayvon Collins and Malcolm Butler. Yep. That is going to be scary. And then they yep. have a defensive lineman, J.J. Watt. They got Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. This is a team I'm – I would call them Super Bowl contenders right now. If if they really? stay healthy. If they stay healthy, that's that's the key. Arizona yep. has been injury prone the past couple of years. If yep. they stay healthy, they can compete for a Super Bowl. I'm not saying that they're that they're going. Uh, excuse me. I'm not saying that they're going to get there right away. Yeah. I could see them. They're NFC, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah. I see them NFC Championship next year or two. 
three, four, possibly Super Bowl. How about that? Connor Owens, a bold take, starting off the day strong. I like it. Arizona Cardinals again, taking Stephen Collins. Uh, let's Old go to 17. Stupid, just like my mom. <laughs> How about 17? Uh, this was, in my opinion, tied with um, the horrendous pick that Dallas made. I think this one was right there with it. Um, the Raiders continue to disappoint their loyal fans by picking Alex Leatherwood from Alabama. Um, Leatherwood was the 60th overall player in this class. Um, and I, I don't get it. Uh, I don't get it. I really don't. They have been known to make questionable picks. As a few years back in Nashville, they picked Clellan Farrell over guys like Christian Wilkins. I mean, players who were just way, way more dominant. Um, and they wanted a big body tackle and they got a big body offensive tackle. But what I don't understand is at that position, Christian Darisol, who is probably the third or fourth best offensive lineman is still on the board. So I guess you talk about fit, maybe John Gruden and Mayock saw something they liked in Leatherwood more than they did Darisol, but I think it's a swing and a miss. Uh, Leatherwood has is a very injury-prone guy who does not move well. Uh, he's a great pass blocker, but he does not, again, he's not a great run blocker. So I don't love this pick. And, again, I think it's actually – right there with Dallas's pick. I do. I think it's right there with Dallas's pick and one of the worst picks in this first round. I was so close. We both were close. You had Alex Leatherwood going 20. He went 17. I had Leatherwood going 18. He went 17. So we had him in that um, – in the question for a top 20 pick. I, I 100% agree with you. I don't think he's a – Great fit for Vegas. I think um, I think the Alabama hype is all that he has. That's it. That's um, it. And, and that, that makes me so sick. I, I don't like the whole, you come from Alabama, you're going to be a great player. Because I, I, let's look at their quarterbacks, right? Alabama's quarterbacks have been awful in the NFL. I mean, where's A.J. McCarron? That's, that's what I'm saying. If you want to argue Alabama football with me and producing big, tough athletes in the NFL – Let's talk quarterbacks, right? Blake Sims, A.J. McCarron. Where are those guys at? They're nowhere. Like, okay, Julio Jones, those guys, great players. Let's, let's be honest. But Derek just because you come from there does not mean you're going to be a star player. And I think that's going to be the case with Alex Otherwood. I think the three best guys in the NFL right now that have come out of Alabama, Tua, not in order, Tua, Julio Jones, Derek Henry. I would agree. I'm, well, yeah, I mean – I wouldn't even put two up there yet. I, I'm still waiting to see what he does. I wouldn't put him up there yet. I was not impressed this past year. I wouldn't miss the Dolphins. He's on a short leash right now. I'd give him another year. And if he has Watch what Miami does this year. That will change your mind. Hey, listen, I want him to prove me wrong. I want Tua to look – I want Tua to play well this year. I want to see what he does because, look, I love – I, I respect the kid. Like do, you, do you like the situation he is in? He This is his second year and he's Miami's starter. Um, I – I, I don't know. I, I think he has gotten lucky with a very good coaching staff. I think Brian Flores is a fantastic coach. And I think they did draft Jalen Waddle well. I think they're trying to provide Tua with some sort of, you know, structure around him. Um, and with them being teammates, I guess that helps. But 
I still am just not sold on the Tua hype. And actually, speaking of the Dolphins, uh, they picked 18 after the Raiders, and they took Jalen Phillips, the uh, defensive end from Miami, a guy that you and I thought was maybe the best, you know, was the best edge rusher from Miami over Gregory Russo. So they took Jalen Phillips. Not much to say there. I thought it was a good pick. Um, A guy that's going to provide more to that Brian Flores defense. Anything else to add on him? Other than he's better than Gregory Russo, no. Um, And he's he's staying where he was. He did not have to move. So – I know I think he's a California kid, went to Miami for college. Now he's in Miami in the pros. So um he knows that area. Yeah. And I think they play where the Dolphins play. So it's a good fit. Yep. So now 19, and I gotta throw this one for just a second because it's not watching the football team. So going in the draft, I, you know, I along with all fans thought it was gonna be a Wusso Koromoa. I, I think that was the guy we all thought was gonna be drafted. So they drafted Jamon Davis from Kentucky, the linebacker. And when I tell you I had my, you know, face on my hands and they picked him, like I was full. Like I was like, I don't, know what the, I don't know who this guy is. I have not watched much of him. I haven't heard much about him. Let me dig a little deeper. So I was frustrated first. I'm like, what are you doing? You got probably one of the best linebackers in the class still available. But the more I looked and the more I watched and the more I researched on this guy, the more I believe now he was the, a better fit than Koromoa ever was going to be in Washington. Davis is more athletic. He's bigger. He's stronger. And he moves better. So I think it's all about fit. I think Koromoa, you could argue, is the better player, which is fair. But if you're telling me that Ron Rivera, who played linebacker in his football career, does not know how to scout a good linebacker when he sees him, then you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, Ron Rivera is a master. He's a great defensive mind. He is. He knows that he's doing well. I think this is a great pick. I, I didn't love it at first because I was trying to figure out who this guy is. He had 102 tackles last year, three interceptions, two sacks. He's not the flashy pick, but he is the pick that makes the most sense. The Bleacher Report gave him a B-plus for that pick. So I like it. I, I think it's a little under the radar, but I think Washington got – a, they filled a hole they needed, and it's going to help that defense even more. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. At this point in the draft, I really was not listening to who all the other teams were picking. <laughs> I was pacing back and forth in my room because three of the guys that I had the Titans picking were still on the board. So I was absolutely freaking out. We'll talk about the Titans in a second. Yep. So again, in all honesty, I have no clue who this Jamin Davis kid is. Yep. It, it it took some time because I mean, look, this is a guy who did not start at all before this past season. He came in this year. He started again. He started all ten games. One hundred two tackles, three interceptions, two sacks. He is a kid that on you know, you, you look at his name and you go, I never heard of this kid. Like I don't know where he's from. He, all he's been doing though is shooting up leaderboards. He ran a four two seven four. Aaron, oh sorry, he ran a four three two forty in his pro day. He had a forty two inch vertical and eleven two broad. He's fantastic. He's a freakish athlete. He's six foot four, two hundred thirty five pounds. He's a freakish athlete. He is. And again, 
I think for what Washington needs, the fit they need, this is the guy. It may not be the flashy pick, but it fills a big gap they need. So I like it. I think it's good. Staying in the NFC East, the Giants. Uh, they picked Kadarius Toney with the 20th overall pick. Uh, Giants fans didn't seem too happy when they announced his name on TV, um, which is, I think, interesting. Bleacher Report gave them a very high B-plus rating for this pick. Um, and I think for good reason. I think he provides a good set of skills for this Giants team they need on offense. Of course, they have just been abysmal recently. So I think this is a good weapon for them. What do you think? That's one of the best parts about having the NFL drafted persons, all the fans of teams yep. huddled up, and then they go nuts if it's a pick they like, and they just look so disappointed if they don't. Yep. Why would you be disappointed in Kadarius Tony? Thank you. Why? One of the best receivers in this draft. I did yep. not ex- I did yep. not expect him to go to the Giants. No, but I mean, not. good grief, the Giants are going – they're loading up. They are. Yeah. The Giants and the Jets, they are – they finally know what winning actually means, and it yep. means that you have to go all out when it comes to the NFL draft, get stars like Darius Tony. I think he can be a star pro bowler first three, five, three, five years of his career. Hands Agreed. Down. Not right away, but he, he is one of the guys that had the Titans getting – I was kind of optimistic. He, he was probably in my top five, not my top three. Hmm. But he – he again, he his weaknesses when I looked into him were kind of um, disappointing, so that's why I didn't have him going to the Titans. Yeah. But he's an amazing route runner. Uh, he can create big plays when they need to happen. Um, home run um, pick from the Giants. Agreed. And not to mention, too, they trade with the Bears. So they got yeah. this, they got that pick, they get next year's first round, and they get two third round picks. So actually, the value was fantastic. And you get a good yeah. playmaker. So a good a trade overall for them. Uh, let's go on to a pick that you and I are now uh, disliking more and more by the minute, not because it was a bad pick, but because we had to see this guy twice a year. And that's Cody Pay, um, who dropped way too low in his draft went down to 21 to the Indianapolis Colts, the defensive end from Michigan, who is the best edge rusher in this class, hands down. Um, he's a nightmare and he's going to be a nightmare for whichever Tennessee Titan offensive tackle blocking, whether it's Taylor Lewan or I don't even know who else is going to fit on the right side or left side. I don't know, but it's a great pick for Indianapolis. It, it seems like it was either him or Aziz Ojolari, but Quiddy Pay is miles ahead of Ojolari. He is. He is miles ahead. It was a no-brainer, a great pick from Indianapolis. This is a kid, when I saw him continuing to drop, my first question was, there's got to be something we don't know about this kid. Yep. There's got to be something. Because he was a top 10 pick, easy. Easy. He drops to 21, and I was still in my pacing process. I was going back and forth, and I was like, oh, my goodness, the Titans are getting quitty pay. I texted Graham. I was like, the Titans are getting quitty pay. I think I texted you, Titans are getting quitty pay. Yep. And then I hear doofus Roger Goodell go Indianapolis Colts select quitty pay. I stop in my tracks. 
I mean, this is a kid. Whether they would have gotten Aziz Ojolari or Quiddy Pay, like yep. you mentioned, Quiddy Pay is ten hundred times better. Yep. Than Aziz Ojolari. That that Titans offensive line is screwed. Yeah. For a Agreed. very long time. Well, because now you match up Pay and Leonard, Darius Leonard. I mean, that is a scary, scary defense. It is. And so, you got a guy. You got a guy, a quarterback, in Carson Wentz, who's on the yeah. rise. I think. Change the scenery would do him some good, but you look at that defense again. Quiddy Pay, yep. he, we better. When I say we, I mean the Titans. We better spice up that offensive line, and we that offensive line better be healthy, or else we will see Tannehill on his butt several times. Yep. And, and speaking of the Titans, they actually the next pick at twenty two, and this is a pick that uh, I know you did not love. Um, they picked. Caleb Fawley, the cornerback from Virginia Tech. I, I actually was okay with this pick. Um, and my reason being is, first of all, I thought Caleb Farley was – we actually got him later than most predicted. Most predicted him to go top 15 overall. Uh, he got to 22. And, you know, Farley has dealt with the injuries. And that's, I think, the biggest downside of Caleb Farley is the injury bug. But I get what the Titans are doing in the sense of, you know, they felt that this was their last chance to get a star cornerback and they got him. They got Caleb Farley, the guy they wanted to help spice that defense up. I think they knew they could get Caleb Farley here, drop the second round and grab a receiver there. Maybe it's Elijah Moore. Maybe it's Rondale Moore. Who knows? It's it's one of those guys. So there is the concern of the injury bug. And I mean, let's be honest. He a little bit reminds me, not entirely, but a little bit like a Dory Jackson in the sense of he's a little bit taller, but he's got the same body build and they both dealt with injuries in college. So the only thing you hope for is that he does not attempt to be in a Dory Jackson, because if he does, that's another bust. And it's now two years in a row that the Titans have made a terrible first round selection. I have not heard that comp with, Caleb Farley to Adoree Jackson, that scares me even more now. You – don't get me wrong. Adoree Jackson was phenomenal his first, what, two years? Yep. And then he just fell apart. Yeah. Could not stay healthy. Caleb Farley is a kid. There's a Titans legend. Um, he was – he's actually an assistant coach in NBA. I, I, I've – uh, was around him when my dad was there. Chris Sanders. Mm-hmm. He was on a radio show three, eight, three or four days ago and said that Caleb Farley's back injury is the same injury that ended his career, Chris Sanders' career. Same one. That scared me. Chris yeah. Sanders said, if I was the Titans front office, I'm staying as far away from Caleb Farley as I can get. Yeah. He's a, he's, he's a good player on film. But the health risk is way, way, way too high. And J-Rob, J- I love the guy so much. He's, he's one of the best general managers in the National Football League. Yeah. But if this pick does not work out, fans are going to be coming for you. And they are. Not, and, and, not coming for your job. They're going to want yeah. you out. Yeah. For two years in a row, you get Isaiah Wilson, a drug addict, and then now you get Caleb Farley, a guy who cannot stay healthy. Yep. And the only defense I would say for following the injuries, the only thing I'll say is, in addition to reminding me of Dora Jackson, he does remind me, too, of Jeffrey Simmons. And I'm not sure if you remember, but 
the draft in Nashville, uh, the Titans picked Jeffrey Simmons in the first round as a first round pick. And I remember fans in Tennessee actually booing, Tennessee Titans fans booing because Simmons had he tore his ACL. So he wasn't going to play that year. It was going to be a long term, you know, value. People were worried his ACL wouldn't heal. Well, this ACL healed and he was absolutely fantastic. He was the only bright point that defense this past year. So my only thing about Farley would be you're just hoping that somehow he comes out of this is healthy because I firmly believe if Caleb Farley is a healthy player in Tennessee, he's going to be a steal. He's going to be a fantastic player. It's just a matter of getting him healthy. So we'll see how that pans out. We'll kind of go quickly through a couple of these picks. You have one more thing. And I was up to like 1230 yesterday and I listened to the Titans post-draft press conference with uh, Vrabes and J-Rob. And one thing that I noticed is that J-Rob did not 100%. Of course he's not, but he made it look sound like that this is an option and it's a plan that they might go through with. The Titans might trade up to get an early second-round pick. Why not? You know, receiver, Elijah Moore. Because I think Elijah Moore is going to go quickly in the first in the second round. Oh, I do. I think yeah. I think he'll go quickly. Watch him go number one to the Jags, and then the yes. Jags are absolutely dominant. I mean, that, that's they, another thing with the Jags. They're turning into a makeshift Clemson Clemson football team. I know, and we'll get into they that. Got, actually, they got Trevor Lawrence at number one overall, and then their yep. second. We'll get to this in a second. I'm going to go ahead and spoil it. Travis Etienne. A position they did not need. No. At all. So, actually, here, let's do this real quick. So, the Vikings picked Christian Derisaw uh, from Virginia Tech, the offensive tackle. That's oh. a good pick. Uh, they need to fill that hole for Kirk Cousins. It's a great pick. He's, again, the third or fourth best offensive lineman in the draft. Good pick. Uh, the Steelers picked Najee Harris, as I thought they would. Um, I think they needed a back in that position. Uh, I didn't know if, you know, a first-round pick on a running back was a great call, but – Mike Tomlin wanted a back to replace James Conner, and he got that in Najee Harris, who I think is the safer, as as you said yesterday, is the safer investment over Travis Etienne. So that brings us to 25, where the Jaguars traded up to get Travis Etienne at 25. And you said it perfectly. I mean, you nailed it right on the head. This is not a position they needed. James Robinson came in last year. And was fantastic for Jacksonville, a young undrafted free agent who really took the lead by storm. I mean, he was their running back one, and it wasn't even close. So you go out and get ETN, and ETN is a big, big risk, in my opinion. I think he's washed up. I don't think he's going to be the player they hope he is. I don't. I think he's going to be very mediocre. I think he'll be out of the league in four years, let four years or less. Um, and I just don't see the value in it. And again, you've said it consistently on the show today and yesterday. The whole idea of pairing teammates of the NFL is not a good motto to live by. And that's exactly what Jacksonville just did. I don't think it pans out well, but I, I mean, we'll see. Uh, ETN is, you know, great in college at points. This season was a little disappointing. So it's, we'll see if they funny. can't spark a flame for him. Watching Clemson, this is this is what I've noticed. The only time you've seen Travis Etienne shine is mm-hmm. when Clemson's playing nobodies. Yep. That's it. That's it. That's it. 
what 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 did he show against Alabama? What did he show against Notre Dame? That he couldn't run. And he's going to the AFC South. Mm -hmm. Good luck. We're in the same division as you know Derrick Henry. You got a and John to those guys. I mean, it's not going to happen. So I I don't agree with it. Uh, Our next couple pick. This pick will fly by too. Greg Newsom, uh, the hometown Cleveland Browns, the host of the draft, took uh, Greg Newsom. I thought actually a pretty darn good pick. Uh, Greg Newsom was my fourth cornerback on the board. Uh, he's a great player from Northwestern. I have and Asante Samuel feel are very similar. So they got defense. Uh, I, I thought they might go Christian Barmore to get that interior defensive line a little stacked up, but I think it's good to keep, you know, building that outside integrity. Uh, 27 in the same division. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, I had them picking this guy in the wrong spot. Uh, he, they did take Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. I had them taking him 31. They took him 27 instead. Um, and I think Rashad Bateman is a good investment long-term. I think he is a guy who you and I talked about a little bit. Uh, there is a little concern here and there about, you know, how's his productivity going to be, especially in Baltimore where it's a very run-heavy offense. But I do think giving Lamar Jackson another big target to throw to is going to help them tremendously. Uh, any comments on him? There is a risk there, but I think Baltimore's a good spot for him. Agreed. I agree. Uh, the next couple ones. Okay. Oh, I can't wait to break this one down in a second. Uh, Peyton Turner for the Saints, tw- 28, uh, the defensive end from Houston. Talk about jumping up draft boards. Uh, Peyton Turner came out of left field. I- I, this guy came out of absolutely nowhere, was the 73rd ranked player, was the lowest ranked player picked in the first round this year. Uh, just apparently the size, the skill, and the effort is what you know led New Orleans to pick him. So he's going to try to help that defense, that defensive line a little bit. Again, the Saints kind of doing a whole overhaul with the loss of Drew Brees in that offense. So Peyton Turner, twenty-eight to the Saints. That brings me to the worst pick, in my opinion, of this first round, and that is Eric Stokes from the University of Georgia, the cornerback, to the Green Bay Packers. There is not anything about this pick that makes any remote sense at all. Nothing. This pick makes no sense. The player selection makes no sense. The fact that you're picking defense here makes no sense. I don't understand. You know what? No wonder Aaron Rodgers wants out. I want out too. For the longest time, all you, all he's wanted is a consistent weapon besides Devontae Adams, and they keep giving him garbage. I mean, no offense. Jordan Love was a terrible pick last year. That may have been the worst pick of the first round this year. Eric Stokes may have been the worst pick in the first round. And it's not that Eric Stokes is a terrible player, but I think there's at least two quarterbacks who are significantly better that are still on the board. So I just had to rant for a sec because Green Bay just does not seem to be helping their case or Rogers case whatsoever. And that is not a pick that is going to win you a football game next year. It's not. No. I don't think. I don't think Stokes starts at all next year. I don't think he starts in the next two years at all. I think he is a reserve player who comes in when they need him for injury. That's it. Um, the quarterback drama in the National Football League is crazy. Um, you look at what Deshaun Watson's doing in Houston. Yep. And now you see Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers came out yesterday or the day before, and he has told members of the Packers organization he is not coming back. 
trade me or not, I'm not coming back. Yep. And the Packers GM came out today and says, no matter what, we are not trading Aaron Rodgers. That just added fuel to the fire. And Aaron Rodgers this morning informed his teammates at the Packers he is not coming back. So, yeah. and to make and to make matters worse, you pull this off. Get Eric Stokes. That, that was to, maybe that's a slap like, in the face to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, can we agree that was maybe the worst pick you could have ever made? Like that was the epitome of awful. Like again, no disrespect to Aaron Sto- Eric Stokes, but he's the seven. He's the seventy second rated player in the entire draft like he's the 10th ranked cornerback the 10th like say it out loud he is the 10th ranked cornerback in this class and they took him at 29 it doesn't make any sense there's four cornerbacks picked over him which means you have five guys in between Stokes and you know the guy you could and uh Newsom so you have five guys who you could have taken who you passed on for Eric Stokes and I've watched Eric Stokes He's fine. Uh, he is a – he's not even cons- – I, I won't even call him a consistent cornerback because he's not very consistent. He hasn't tackled that well. Uh, he's had a few interceptions here and there, but I, I just don't get it. I, I think this is a big-time bust already. You, I, I, I looked up Eric Stokes to see his, what his draft petition was before he said he was 22. And this website has his weaknesses. You want to hear a couple of his weaknesses? Technique can get sloppy. Play speed doesn't line up. Transitions can be mechanical. Not not agile. Can get grabby at the top of the route stem. Stiff lower half will limit his NFL potential. Explosive route runners are going to give him trouble at the next level. Uh, Generally not an active participant in run support. And he's going to the Green Bay Packers. So, Connor, read me that first weakness one more time. Okay, hold on. I got to pull it back up. Um, the top weakness? Yeah, there was one. I, I just want the people listening to hear this weakness one more time. The top weakness that you just read. Okay, top weakness. Technique can get sloppy. All right, that's it. That that's, not even the maybe, end. that's not even the end of the first one. But that is maybe right there. Those four or five words are maybe the most concerning thing you could hear when you're drafting a cornerback. You know why? Because cornerbacks live and die by technique. If you don't have good technique, you're not succeeding as a cornerback ever. It doesn't matter. You have to have good technique. The entire first weakness says technique can get sloppy. Panic can set in when receiver forces the issue. So, I mean, that right there is the ultimate red flag. And this kid is a 29 overall pick. First round with those weaknesses. That is a – I said this a couple minutes ago. That is a slap in the face to Aaron Rodgers. It is. He's like, oh, you want to leave us? Look what we're going to give you. I mean, look, I'm looking at his stats from college. He played three seasons, right? So, he played three seasons at Georgia, and – he actually played in a combined, what, that's 18, 31 games. So he played in 31 games in three seasons. He didn't start all of them. He played in 31 games. But this is what's bad. 
He played in 31 games, had 75 total tackles in 31 games. So you're averaging just over two tackles a game. He only had two tackle for loss, one sack, and four interceptions in 31 games. So, and he had no interceptions his first two seasons. He only had them in his senior season or his junior season. So you look how tiny this kid is. He's he's not a ball hawk. He's not physical. He's not going to make tackles. Uh, I, I don't know. And again, this is not a rant on how bad he is. It's a rant on how poor the decision-making of the Green Bay Packers front office was in this pick. Look, I think Stokes could have been a great third or fourth round pick. Like, I mean, he could have been a really good third or fourth round pick as a guy you develop, but he's not a first round pick. He's not. I don't think he expected to get picked in the first round. I mean, I don't think anybody did. So I credit the Green Bay Packers. You just made the worst pick of the first round. And I promise you, Bears, Lions, and Vikings fans are they got a big old grin on their face when they woke up this morning. I mean, they woke up like it was Christmas. They are, you know, they're loving what they're what's going on in Green Bay right now. So a dumpster fire is an easy way to say it. And we should probably stop talking about them because we're just going to keep getting more fired up. But it is, it's bad. But I think, you know, so that's that. So moving on, uh, these last three are really – we're not going to talk much about them. Uh, 30 was Gregory Russo. Uh, the Bills took a defensive end from Miami. I thought it was actually a pretty good fit for them. And they continue Amazing. to get that defense. That defense is getting older. So Russo was, I think, actually a home run for Buffalo. Uh, I'm surprised Ravens, he stayed on the board this long. Me too. I know. Russo, even though I didn't think he was the best defensive end, you know, over Phillips, I thought he was a top 20 pick. So I thought the Bills got a steal. Uh, the Ravens, Jason – Jason, is it Owe? Jason Owe from uh, Penn State. Owe. Yeah, Jason Owe from Penn State, the outside linebacker. Again, the Ravens with the loss of Matthew Judon want to continue to kind of, you know, revamp that defense and get it younger. And then the final pick, uh, the Buccaneers, Joe Tryon, the outside linebacker from Washington. So, again, Tim Bay, it's not what they needed. It's what they wanted. And they wanted to get in their guy to kind of, you know, hopefully get a better pass rush going and kind of fill in some holes when, you know, maybe Yanomik and Sue needs to, you know, take a breather. So, a good pick for Tampa Bay. You, you this is very. This is very. It's not. It's not a stat or anything. But this is very, very minor. This as soon as we talked about Jason Oway, yeah. Someone tweeted out. It was actually this morning, but um, Ian Rappaport just retweeted it. Yeah. He will not have the name Jason in the NFL. He will go with his real first name, which is Odafe. Hmm. Odafe Oway. Interesting. And uh, Owe came out. Um, he'd been asked, he was asked about it, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to call him Jason. Jason yeah. said, I don't care anymore. You're going to have to learn to pronounce it. Hmm. So, great pick, but yep. not the best name to pronounce. So, good luck to you, commentators. <laughs> <No. laughs> um, and I want to so, talk about Tampa for a second. Yeah, go for it. Joe Tyron. Or try on another kid, just like Jamin Davis. Who is this kid? Came out of nowhere. Came out of nowhere. You. This is a pick where the first mock draft I did, I had him going quarterback because I don't know who their backup is, and I had him going receiver. But then I realized that they're signing all twenty-two of their Super Bowl starters, and they already have their receivers back. 
So yep. this was an uh, this was an unpredictable pick that could have gone anywhere. And yep. Joe Tryon will be in the same locker room as Tom Brady. I don't think that can get any better uh, for someone fresh in the NFL. Um, and he's going to a team fresh off a Super Bowl championship, looking to repeat. I think they can do it with the roster that they have. Well, and look at Joe Tryon. I'm looking at him now, Connor. Tryon is a six foot five, two hundred sixty two pound linebacker. Uh, he is huge. He is what they want size-wise, and he only played two seasons. He opted out this past year, so he played in 23 total games. When he graduated, in two seasons, he had 14.5 tackle for loss, nine sacks, and 61 total tackles. So all things considered, for two seasons as a freshman and sophomore, that's pretty darn good. So I think Tryon is going to be kind of one of those guys that is a potential diamond in the rough, a guy that Tampa is going to continue to improve. So – that's all 32 teams. So now let's real quick go over, and I think this is going to be super easy for you and I. Give me two winners and – no, give me three winners and three losers from yesterday's draft so far. Atlanta, Kyle Pitts. Yep. Detroit, Panay Sewell. Yep. And I would say Indy with Pay. I agree the with three, that. The three losers, um, J.C. Horn at eight. Yep. Um, Micah Parsons at 12. And good grief. Um, I w- I'm probably going to go with Alex Leatherwood at 17. Good. I like that. Yeah, I mean, mine are similar. I'd say the winners from this, just from the pick wise, I think you got to go. I think you're right. I think Piss is a no brainer. I think Kyle Pitts at four is a home run hit for them. I think Sertain at nine was another great pick for Denver. And the last one is, I'm going to say it, I think Fields at 11 was a fantastic pick for Chicago. I think Chicago needed a quarterback and they filled that hole. So, you know, credit to them. Uh, the worst picks, well, Number one is easy. Of course, it's for me, Eric Stokes. I think that was the worst of this draft so far. Uh, number two, I'll go Travis Etienne. Um, again, not a believer in what Etienne has done, so I'll have him as a bad pick. And then the last one, I would say I agree. I'd go uh, Alex Leatherwood for uh, Las Vegas. I just think those those three were the best and worst. Um, but it's, you know, it, it's all interchangeable. I think you and I are pretty much in the same boat. I think Leatherwood was bad. I think Stokes, I think, you know, ETM were all bad picks. But it's, you know, <laughs> there's more than three bad and there's more than three good. So it's – it all kind of goes the way it is. So now we get that done. We gave our winners and our losers. we gone over the mock draft, our grades, and we think about them. So Connor has been waiting for this moment. And we'll, we got more for this, but I, I have to give a moment. Connor, now we've gone over the first round mock drafts. Which one of us got more picks right? I think I know. Okay. I look at his seat. This was absolutely could, crazy. I, I wish you could see him right now. He's smiling right now. He's got a big smile on his face, which concerns me a lot. I'm gonna, you, want, you want me to tell you yours first? You tell me whichever one you want to do first. I'm going to do yours first because I want to see your reaction. Um, and remember – the deal was, if I got more picks than you, you had to wear bandy gear from head to toe all across Missouri's campus for a week. That's you right. still yeah. haven't given me mine. I know. I'm still thinking. I'm, I'm, brain, I'm brainstorming. So, out of 32 picks in the first round of our mock draft, 
Garrett Pave got 26. Wrong. Wrong. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, in my defense. Six and 26. In my defense, I had more that were right. They were just in the wrong spot, which I – That's what hurts you. Yes. That's what hurts you. All right, how many did you get right? Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna name the picks that you got right. You had Trevor Lawrence going one, Zach Wilson going two, Kyle Pitts going four, Jamar Chase going five, and Rashawn Slater going thirteen. Okay. My picks, I got six right. You and I have the same record of six and twenty-six. Well, so we gotta go tiebreaker then somehow. I got. Trevor Lawrence, okay. Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Kyle Pitts, Elijah Vera Tucker, Mac Jones. There you go. Okay. So here's how I w- I've been thinking about this since I did them this morning. Here's how we're going to break the tiebreakers. What I'm going to do is I'm going to look up the top 10 best available prospects yep. in the NFL draft. So speaking of which, while you're looking that up, let's discuss before you do some of the guys that we have left. So we talked about today is officially day two of the NFL draft. So second and third round. And with the way this class is structured, there is a lot of first round talent in this draft still. And I think highlighting that is linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Uh, he is the number one best playable player left in the draft. He's the 12th overall ranked prospect. And it almost feels like something's not right. The fact that he hasn't been picked yet. You wonder if there's something that we don't know that scouts do know. I think he's number one, of course. Trevon Moore, the safety from TCU, still available. Elijah Moore, Tevin Jenkins, Christian Barmore, Aziz Ojalari. The list goes on and on. There's a lot of talent still left in this draft. So so who so so what, what was the deal that you were gonna talk about? Here's how we're gonna do it. Because okay. you just said Jeremiah Usukormo, I took this into consideration. That's why I didn't yep. uh um, go with this route. Yep. So, uh, the five that I'm looking at right here are yep. Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, Aziz, Aziz Ojolari, Christian Barmore, J- Joseph Ose, and Tevin Jenkins. Here's okay. how we're going to do it. Those are the five. Yep. This is going to be the tiebreaker. Who do you think gets picked last? Last. Gosh darn it. See, you you got me there. I, I think I know who's going first. So it's okay. So you said Koromoa, Koromoa, Ojulari, Barmore, okay. Ose, Tevin Jenkins. Golly. Remind me where Ose's playing at again. Uh he is a edge out of Texas. I'd say Ose is going last then. That'd be my pick. Okay. Osei. Who's your pick? I had Joseph Osei. <laughs> Connor and um, I are never, are never going to, like, not – we're going to be tie-raking for the rest of this draft. Like, <laughs> right, hey, let me see here. Who, who, okay. who do you think – who do you think the first is going to be? Who do you think the Okay, yeah, so do I. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> all right, let's do it like this. Okay. 
Aziz Ojolari. Okay. Christian Barmore. Okay. And a guy who's I I texted you a minute ago. This is in the not this is not the guy that's rising in the ranks. Yep. So we got Ojolari, Barmore, and Trevin Morig, the safety from T- TCU. Who gets picked? Let's not do first because I think we know who's going to go first. Who gets picked yeah. second? Golly. I'm going to go Morig. You got Morig too. Uh, okay, so Connor and I uh, cannot seem to figure this out. So I think we should agree. Let's continue to brainstorm after the show, and we will come yeah. back on and discuss because we, we can't seem to find a common difference here. Uh, but I think that speaks, again, on just, like, the talent of this class. And you and yes. I, you know, I think both know where the talent lies. And, you know, you talk about day two, and a lot of times at this point in day two, fans are kind of like whatever. You know, there's not much talent left. That could not be more wrong of this year's class. I, there are top 20 talent still on the board here. I think Coromo is that way. I think Morig's that way. I think Barmore is very easily a top 20 talent. So I'm excited to kind of watch. I think it was a great first day yesterday. A lot of surprising picks, a lot of not so surprising picks. I think, you know, it's always fun when it gets this time of year because, you know, it's it's cool to watch the draft. A lot of these young kids, you know, making a future for themselves. And, you know, you talk about the winners and the losers. So we talked about, about, we talked about the winners and losers in terms of players, right? About, you know, which are the three best, which are the three worst. So if you were to pick one team that won and one team that lost, give me one for each, one that won and one that lost. In the first round. Wow. Um, wow. Um, it's a tough one, I know. Best player in the draft, Kyle Pitts. So I, I think Atlanta won. Yeah. Um, Team that lost. There's so many terrible picks. I know. I know. You know, I'll go and give you mine that won. So, why are you looking at teams that lost? So, mine that won, this team I mentioned a couple couple minutes ago, I actually think the Bears were the winner of this draft so far. I I think, and it's not only – so, first of all, Justin Fields' pick was fantastic. Secondly, or actually, wait, no, 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 my fault. I, my fault. I'm no, sorry. I'm going the opposite direction. My, I totally went the opposite direction. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to say the first round, the New York Giants won the first round of the draft because they got an elite playmaker in Kadarius Tony, who is just one of the shiftiest, most electric receivers in this class. They get Kadarius Tony. In addition, they get next year's first round and two third round picks. So you get great value in Tony in addition to great value in draft picks. So I think for that reason, the Giants really struck my eye as a team that kind of was a big winner in this first round so far. So who's your loser now? Um, obviously not their first pick, but I'm going to go with their second pick. Made them yep. not look that great. Jacksonville yep. getting Travis Etienne. I don't yep, I agree. I don't think – Again, we mentioned – we talked about this for a couple of minutes. That was not a need. And I think Travis Etienne's going to go to Jacksonville and just rot. 
I don't Agreed. think he's going to do anything in Jacksonville. Their number one overall pick, I can't say it's a loss because everybody expected it for the past, what, six months? Yep. So we all knew we all knew what was going to happen. But 25, give the dude a target, not a running back. Give the dude yep. protection on the offensive line. Give the defense some help. Just don't get a running back because that's going to make – Robinson, they just got him, what, last year? Yep. That, I know that would that would frustrate me if I was Robinson. Agreed. And, I, I mean, he was the starter. He was you know the guy all last year, and then all of a sudden they you know just come out and really shock the world. I, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to give you a bold loser, and the loser for me of the first round so far. You know what? Because there's a lot of teams that lost, so I'm going to go bold. The team that was a loser of yesterday's draft was a team that did not pick yesterday, and it was the Seattle Seahawks. And the Seattle Seahawks have been trending downwards ever since that whole legion of boom disbanded. Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, those guys, Bobby Wagner, that was the legion of boom they called themselves. And they overpaid him. They overpaid Russell Wilson, who's a great quarterback nonetheless, but still, they're overpaying all these guys. This roster is depleted. They don't have first-round draft picks because they gave them all away for guys that are not worth the money, and they're a mess. So last year, they ended the season 12-4. and They go to the playoffs, and they get beat 30-20 to against a mediocre subpar Rams team that has a quarterback that can barely throw a football right. So they, didn't get, they did not get anybody in the offseason because they had no picks. So the Seahawks, in my opinion – were a big-time loser in this year's first-round draft because they didn't get to pick anybody, and they're not improving their team at all. So, again, I think these teams who don't pick in the first round, you see a big loss there. Seattle is very much that way. And, you know, today's second round is going to be interesting. And I think you talk about, you know, all about our Titans. I, I, I think there is – you and I are hoping to see the Titans trade up. I think we are hoping to see them make a move – to maybe grab an Elijah Moore or, you know, I I don't know, just to get some sort of playmaking receiver that's going to provide some depth to that room because besides A.J. Brown, there's really nobody else. I mean, Josh Reynolds is a flex receiver too. I I maybe would see him as a receiver three more. So maybe the Titans move up. But all I know is there is so much talent left. And it's I I would argue that today's second round is going to be more fun to watch than the first round just because – there's so much talent, and we just don't know who's going where. So uh, we'll see. But I, you'd, I, I know you'd like to see a potential Titans trade up, correct? Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying this is the guy who they trade up for, yep. but this is a guy who in the past 12 hours has gotten a lot of, um, a lot of momentum to his name. I'm, I don't think he's a second-round guy, maybe a third-round guy, and I think he'd be somebody um, that the Titans could get. There is – I just read there is a chance he is a late second round, which is much higher than he was projected to go. And I'm not saying I want it because I know what school he went to, but it's Dio Odengbo yep. has gotten a lot of momentum. He had a torn, torn Achilles last year which uh, made people think his draft stock would drop. Um, uh, 
But I don't know. He is an explosive kid. Phenomenal. He did an amazing job considering the circumstances he was in with that defense. Um, He is a kid that I think the Titans would really like to get. I wouldn't be surprised if he's off the board by the time we pick. But if if he's a guy we want and there's a risk that he's not going to be there, trade up and get him. Hey, keeping the 615 connection. I like it. So, uh, Connor, we have scratched every surface of this draft. Um, I think it's, you know, we have a good feeling about, you know, the first round we broke all that down. I think we gave, you know, there's some clear winners, some clear losers, some picks that you and I heavily disagree with. Uh, you know, broke over down the second round, third round, maybe some guys we're going to see go. Again, there's a lot of talent left. Uh, Owuso Koromoa kind of headlines this day two class. I think he is going to be arguably the first player off the board in the second round. So, a really good second, third round coming up. If you guys are watching, make sure to tune in. It's going to be a fantastic night for the NFL draft. I know Connor will be watching. We're going to be, you know, texting each other, breaking all these picks down. Hopefully see our Titans make a big move. And most importantly, we will continue to find a tiebreaker on how to break this six correct on each side mock draft. I, I will figure something out and we'll be back to you guys. So that's all we got for the, you know, you got some. Do you have a projection for who do you who do you think the Titans will get? I think I, think I know who out. it is. I think they'll take Elijah. For who? I Elijah Moore. I think they'll take Elijah Moore. I think they're going to pair him and AJ Brown up. I think AJ Brown is kind of talking into Vrabel's ear and uh, trying to get. But is to, that know, another buddy buddy thing? It is. It's very much a buddy buddy thing. So, but is it is it a worth? Is it worth having that buddy buddy? It's if the Titans, are they willing to make that sacrifice? Are they willing to take a chance of a player that A.J. Brown like? That's the question. I mean, A.J. Brown is going to argue that, hey, if you pair us together, we already played together, we're going to be unstoppable. And he's going to argue that that duo is going to be unstoppable. But and, uh, it's all about the, what does John Robinson want, you know? Th- this is – I'm so glad you mentioned John Robinson, then we can wrap this up. But yeah, I thought the – his first round selection was bad. This entire draft is very important for him Agreed. because yep. all the backlash he got from Isaiah Wilson and you go in and get Kale Farley, a dude who has a back injury that ended a Titans legends career. Yep. It's not that uh, flashy. I think getting Elijah Moore and if Elijah Moore comes in and he balls out, then that would make, that would be a sigh of relief for J-Rob, but Agreed. there's still yeah, we have I, like what six picks left. Yeah. No, you said it perfectly. This these late round picks mean a lot. And I think the Titans need to have a good late round to kind of solidify that. So again, we're hoping our hometown Titans they pull something out. That's all we got for the mock draft. But there's something else I want to talk about before we end the show. And it's not at all football related. So we got the mock draft done. We got the draft done. You know, we're looking forward to a great second day of the NFL draft. But there's something going on in Nashville sports that I feel is way more important. And that is our Nashville Predators are making a playoff push right now. They have five games left in the season. They have a huge series coming up against the Dallas Stars. Nashville currently six, sits in the fourth spot, two points ahead of Dallas. They have 56 points. Dallas has 54. They do play Dallas this upcoming week, May 1st. A pivotal series. A pivotal series. Everybody in Nashville is watching this game closely. Actually, Governor Bill Lee just announced he will be lifting all capacity restrictions starting May 14th, which hopefully is going to mean 
bigger crowds for a Predators playoff game if we can sneak in. So we and find I'm, out. I'm so, I'm so glad you mentioned the capacity restrictions being lifted yep. because while we were recording this, big news, you know I'm a bat boy for the Nashville Sounds. Yep. Um, unfortunately, to start the season, we will not be allowed to be bat boys. Yep. But Nashville Sounds announced an hour ago that beginning Friday, May 14th, First Horizon Park will operate at near 100%. Unbelievable. It's amazing. Opening it's it's day, amazing. Opening day will be 40%, and then they'll go to a, probably 90 95%. Connor, I think you and I can sit here, and, and, and let's be honest with ourselves. Uh, everybody's tired of this, just this mess. And yes. you can only keep people in their homes away from people for so long. And I'm sorry, a year has been too long. And – I'm tired. I know you're tired. We're all tired of this mess. We're ready to go out and enjoy a ball game. So when I get back to Nashville, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go enjoy a ball game, you know, enjoy it while I can. And I'm hoping that, again, the Predators can get in the playoffs. Because if they do, I promise you, Bridgestone Arena is going to be rocking. And this is a Preds team that, again, is very, very hot right now. And they're playing a hot Dallas team. Dallas has stormed really out of nowhere. Again, the Preds have five games that they play Dallas and they travel to Columbus to take on the Blue Jackets before returning home and taking on the Hurricanes for a two-game homestand to end the season. So, again, that's some big Nashville news. We're hoping that they can pull it out. I, I think more people are watching right now the Predators playoff push than they are the Titans draft. I think it's, you know, uh, after especially after last night, kind of same old, same old people are expecting. So we'll see. An exciting time in Nashville sports. Again, Connor Owens, bat boy for the sounds. I know you're eager to get back on the field and get going, hopefully, you know, catch a couple of games, but as for us, that's going to wrap things up. Um, it's another great day of the NFL draft, second and third round, a lot of talent looking for our uh, local Vandy boys to go off the board. Hopefully again, Dio Dambo, one of Connor's probably favorite players to come out of Vanderbilt. I mean, it, you love that guy and I'm hoping that, you know, maybe Tennessee will make a push. Thank you all for joining us again. Again, this is the uh, day after the first round of the draft. We'll be back to you probably later this week to break down second, third, and all the way through the seventh round of the draft, in addition to some Predators breakdown going into the playoffs. I'm Garrett Pave, Connor Owens. Thanks for joining me again, bud. I will be on again later this week. It's always a pleasure. Thank you all for tuning in, and we will see you guys later. This has been High Notes Nashville Sports.